And welcome in to Husker Rewind. Tom Stevens here, Mike Melby there. We're on the stream. Can you hear the the babbling brook in the background? Well, you probably can. Well, to say, normally when people say babbling, they're talking about me and just That's incoherently. Right. Uh, us, us basically together is what this show is. Husker Rewind every Sunday from 5 until 7 with Mike Melby and Tom Stevens. We are on the stream because uh, LSU is playing Florida. There will be a game three, by the way, at the College World Series uh, as Florida leads 15 to three. I mean, I guess LSU could have the greatest comeback in college world series history. I'm just guessing that that would be the greatest comeback in college world series history since it's in the eighth and Florida is up 15 to three. Yeah, I think you're right. It was one that, um, it was interesting. Tom Chattel wrote a fantastic article this morning in the world Herald about the, you know, this has the makings of one of the all time greats um, challenging for the best college world series ever but it needs an ending. Now, a, a, a winner-take-all ending, you know, game three seemed like a must, so Florida almost needed to win today, but we kind of need some kind of – like, you, you almost want a little suspense in this thing. Yeah, a little bit, but there will be a game three, and I, that provides a lot of suspense in itself. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, – Lincoln Sports Talk. So good for you. 93.7 The Ticket. Is that on the stream? That, that probably goes on the stream. Did you hear that? I did. It was in my ear. It was in your ear. Uh, but I'll, I'll just pop these down so they don't go over There we go. Uh, the stream in the future. It'll just be our voices. I What I was trying to say is I think a lot of Husker fans that are attending the College World Series are probably rooting for LSU. That's kind of the way it is. Nebraska fans tend to be big LSU fans. Did you see the story earlier this week about the former Raising Cane's owner, uh, owner yep. buying uh, over 2,000 jello shots? Was it more than that? 5,000? Whatever it was. 6,000. Was it 6,000? 6,000 put them over the record from last year. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I know him. Uh, he's a good guy. It, when him and his wife moved to Lincoln, they became uh, sponsors of the, the hockey team here in town. And, um, They've since sold it, right? They sold it. And I think they moved back to Louisiana yeah. since they sold it. But uh, they were the original owners of Raising Canes in Lincoln. Yeah, here in Lincoln. But the, the funny thing was, though, to just the type of people they are, this was not a surprise when I saw the story pop up because the very first winter that they were in Lincoln, the one thing that they noticed just around town is that there were, they just noticed a lot of younger kids. Now, maybe it's just bad parenting, but they noticed a lot of younger kids that weren't wearing coats and it was really cold outside. And so they decided, hey, we want to make ourselves a part of this community. And they started a massive coat drive. It wasn't massive. I remember that. They had like 38 coats donated. The last year they did it, they had like 3,800 coats. And and it, it it just turned into, but that's the type of people mm -hmm. they are. Now, all they want to do is give back. And they, they truly have. They They've gave been back in the form and, of uh, Jello shots at this well, time. They did, but all that money, obviously, or a big chunk of that money going to charity. Right, and, a big chunk um, of it. So it's it, it, fantastic. Not surprised by it. But, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> if you're a Nebraska fan, uh, as a matter of fact, um, let's do the starting gate because I will, like, expound on what you just said about Nebraska fans and LSU baseball. How all right. Uh, I have also got a LSU story to tell uh, since we're telling LSU stories. But let's get to the starting gate. <laughs> tries to recap everything that happened in Husker sports this week during the starting game. All righty. College World Series. What do Nebraska baseball fans want to have happen at the CWS almost as much 
as the Huskers making it there and being in the mix for a natty. Well, they went LSU and their insanely awesome fan base making it to Omaha and being in the mix for a natty. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> They're in the mix. For They're in the mix. Uh, last night, Ty Floyd struck out 17, career-high 17 at uh, Charles Schwab Field up in Omaha as LSU wins in extra innings for the second straight game. Uh, they're one win from a national title. And after today's game, they're still going to be one win from a national title that will take place tomorrow night. Tommy Tanks again delivered for the uh, Tigers last night. He was the hero in the game against Wake Forest in the 11th. This time in the 8th, he had a solo shot that tied it at 3. And then in the 11th inning, uh, Sadar, or Cesar Beloso uh, hit a solo shot to give the Tigers the lead. They went on to win. But now today, uh, just a lot of... A lot of what we saw from Nebraska with timely hitting, like lack of this yeah. year, that was LSU today. Yeah, they they left eight on base in the first three innings, and it, it doesn't look like it's gotten any better because they haven't scored since the second inning. Uh, but they're getting smoked right now. 15-3, to three, two outs in the eighth. Mm. Uh, so it's still going to be fantastic, though. Uh, Husker football is on a little bit of a roll, and that roll may go off of a cliff in a in an Iron Man suit and be just perfectly fine and just take off to the stars. Red hot. But... Uh, at the conclusion of this weekend's visits, which saw a load of talent up, get up close and up close look at the football program, the coaching staff, the university, and the way this staff recruits the community. They want them seeing what Lincoln is like mm -hmm. and being out in the community, which I think is fantastic. Right now, it looks and sounds like there could be up to six commitments. And we're going to talk to Brian Munson from Husker Online here in about 15 minutes. And we're going to see if anybody maybe has gone ahead and given the uh, thumbs up to Nebraska. But right now, there's either crystal ball predictions or heavy leans by those that do follow uh, recruiting and write about it. Carter Nelson, the tight end from Ainsworth, is a crystal ball or a heavy lean Ernest Campbell. That would be so huge. I mean, the one Georgia guy that you really wanted was, uh, of course, not going to come, to, at least for now, is uh, not going to come to Nebraska, Dylan Riola. But the other, Carter Nelson could also choose Georgia. He but could. It, uh, but that would be, that would make up a lot when you consider they got Daniel Kalen. If they were to get uh, Carter Nelson and the, you know, the other part of it is the big weekend they had with wide receiver recruiting, which we'll talk to a lot with Munson here coming up. So so on that, that leans or crystal balls, yeah. not only is it Carter Nelson, Ernest Campbell, who, by the way, just ran a 10-2-2, 100-yard catch. <laughs> That's Wide incredible. receiver, he's a heavy lean. Offensive lineman, Grant Brixt. Uh, Kwan Lacey, the one and only running back uh, possible commit. Uh, it's a heavy lean right now. Nebraska doesn't have a running back in the 24 class yet. Rex Guthrie, a defensive back, and Quinn Clark. Uh, Ken Clark was his dad. Uh, he's a wide receiver. Uh, they are all right now listed as heavy leans or crystal ball predictions to commit to Nebraska. They also, here in the last few days, picked up Per, uh, preferred walk-on commits from fullback Isaac Dickey. Uh, Luke Longval will be joining the program as a preferred walk-on quarterback. He was going to be competing for the starting job at Iowa Western Community College this fall. Instead, he is joining the Nebraska football program as a walk-on quarterback and is going to come in. Obviously, I don't think they plan on him playing a whole lot this year, but he's a guy that they felt the need to bring in for this upcoming season. And they also picked up a commit from uh, Nico Ottomanelli, who is a kicker slash puncher. Right. Jamie Williams uh, last night is an Iowa Central Community College defensive end. He committed as a preferred walk-on. So the uh, 
the football team with recruiting is going really, really well. We'll be interested to see how many more dominoes fall here in the next couple of days from the big recruiting weekend this weekend. Husker Volleyball currently has three commits in the 2025 class. June 15th was the first time the coaches could make contact and say, hey, you want to come play for me? Well, number one setter in the country, Campbell Flynn, said, yeah, I do. Uh, one of the best liberos in the country from Lincoln Lutheran right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, Kerry Leinbach said, yeah, I do. And then outside hitter, uh, Terea Sigler said, Nebraska is my dream school. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And we will have a conversation with Nebraska assistant volleyball coach, Jalen Reyes in the six o'clock hour. And I ask him a question. Are you done? You'll hear that answer. At about 625. And when we called him, by the way, what was he doing? He was recruiting. recruiting. He was recruiting in Houston. <laughs> I, I call him and you're hearing all sorts of bouncing noise in a, what sounds like to be a gym. I said, are you out recruiting? He goes, yeah, I'm in Houston. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you done your work? You've just compiled what is probably going to be the number one recruiting class again in the country. He said, uh, no, got work yeah, to do. Exactly. Uh, the baseball team evidently has been on a roll as well from a recruiting standpoint ever since Rod Childress took over as pitching coach and Mike Sirianni joined the staff from Wichita State. Speaking of Wichita State, Tyler Horn. I think Tyler Horn's a guy that's going to challenge him at Olsen to, for that Friday night starter role next year. He was added uh, as a transfer from Wichita State. Add to him first baseman Tyler Stone from Iowa Western Community College, pitchers Brooks Neifel and Aiden White, plus outfielder Clay Bradford, all have committed to Will Bolt and his staff this week. Um, some sad news to pass along, though, here in the starting gate. Former Nebraska running back Darren Diedrich passed away yesterday after fighting cancer for pretty much the last nine years. The 44-year-old uh, played for former Husker head coach Frank Solich at Nebraska, finished his college career with 2,745 rushing yards and 26 touchdowns. He went on to win four Grey Cups during his NFL playing and coaching career, three as a player, two with Edmonton, one with uh, or no, one with Edmonton in 05, two with Montreal Man. in 2009 and 10. And then he was diagnosed in 2014 with lymphoma. Hepta yeah, don't try to pronounce Hepto it. You'll hurt himself. Heptosplenetic gamma delta T cell lymphoma. Yeah. He retired, but then came back and coached. He was the strength coach for the Toronto Argonauts when they won the Grey Cup in 2017. But sad news. Uh, former Nebraska running back Darren Dudek passes away from cancer. Played in yesterday. the uh, 2002 Rose Bowl yep. uh, against Miami. Yep. Uh, Nebraska, of course, lost that game 37 to 14. But he was a beast. Six feet, 225, really fast. Yeah, and it was, he's from Canada, by the way. Yeah, he? he's, yeah. The, he's actually the first ever uh, can, uh, Canadian-born scholarship recruit that Nebraska had in the history of Nebraska football. Yeah. Uh, and then a uh, local note on Thursday, and I think it's kind of an important one, the Warhorse Casino opened their sports book. And for the first time in the history of the state of Nebraska, any person that is of age can walk up to a counter and say, I would like to bet on that game right there. And they could do it in person, and it is legal. Uh, I think that's fantastic, and I it, I think uh, I think it's going to be a good thing. Have you um, placed a bet yet? Uh, at the casino, I have not. I have not made it out there. I've been a little bit too busy to do that, but I can promise you I will be heading that way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can bet on Nebraska football games yet. That I, is correct. I, I don't think you can do that, uh, but sports betting is obviously a huge deal. Um, but it, you wonder if it becomes a big problem. You know, these apps, everybody's got an app and you can play Kino, uh, via an app. You don't have to be live in person betting. You can do that obviously with the mobile app. 
and bet on games as well. That's what really concerns me. I don't think you could do Keno. You can actually now do Nebraska lottery though, Powerball, Mega Millions, um, and all that type of stuff. But I, I understand the point, and I understand the the you know all the arguments against it. Um, but it, it's kind of one of those. I guess I I'm more of the line of, you know what? Um, let let me make a mistake if I'm going to make a mistake, and I, I don't think it ruins families and blah blah blah. Like it's like this epidemic of all of a sudden because we have legalized gambling in Nebraska uh, of the 1.8 million people that live in the state, 1.6 are going to become you know gambling addicts. I just I don't buy that. I think some of them might, and some of them I mean, it's just like alcohol. Some people make good choices with alcohol, yeah. others don't. Uh, but 220 billion dollars have been bet on sports gambling yeah. since it was legalized by the Supreme Court. I don't know how many years it's been, but uh, it's a big deal. And Nebraska, one of the last to do it, as yeah. uh, we thought would be the case. I mean, Tom Osborne still lives here. Uh, so uh, that is not a surprise that it's taken this long. But, hey, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to, especially during the college football season, I'm going to bet on it. Well, the thing is, I've had the opportunity to place a bet on a sporting event for a long time. I, I just have, and I haven't been able to do it locally and walk up to a window and do it, but I had the capability of doing it. You know what? Um, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm not that big into sports gambling, uh, but I always like knowing the lines and I, it's interesting to follow it. And I'm a numbers guy. I'll crunch the numbers and it's fun to look at different situations, you know, where weather's involved with, you know, right. football and certain quarterbacks and whatever the case may be. And it's all fun to, you know, doing a prognostication type of, of, of deal in your own mind. And maybe you got a radio show, you do it. And maybe you go to a casino um, and you place a bet, whatever you want to do. I'm all in favor of it. We talked about our love for LSU and LSU fans. I don't really necessarily love, LSU football or basketball. I do like their fans. And I think Nebraska fans have grown close to LSU fans since back in the day that it was at Rosenblatt. And they remember all the yeah. campers that they used to bring out and you had Zesto just down the street and Nebraska fans just kind of fell in love with LSU fans. But my first experience with LSU fans was not necessarily a good one. 1985. <laughs> I remember going to the sugar bowl. Uh, Nebraska played LSU. Doug DeBose, I believe was on that team. Craig Sunberg was the quarterback of that team. Uh, walking down Bourbon Street, there was a big sign that said, Tom Osborne is uh, defamatory stuff. Um, <laughs> and my my buddy, Dave Edwards, who had about 15 hurricanes, it's probably about 22, 20, I think we were 23 at that time in 1985. <laughs> it said, Tom Osborne is blah, defamatory statement. My buddy Dave Edwards says, I'm going to get that banner. I'm getting that banner. It was well protected. If you know anything about Bourbon Street, it's a rather narrow corridor uh, of drunkards everywhere. And just a great, great time. Um, but we were drinking hurricanes. If you don't know what's in a hurricane, I don't either. But I know it gets you inebriated. Quickly. And, and very quickly. And by the fifth one, sixth one, my my buddy Eddie had had it. He said I, that thing was really driving him crazy. It was a defamatory statement about Tom Osborne, the most beloved coach in Nebraska football history. And so after the fifth one, he starts climbing a pole where LSU fans are yelling, Tiger bait, Tiger bait, Tiger bait in unison. And it's really loud. And Husker fans are yelling, Go big red. They're just yelling that they're egging him on. They're trying to get him to get this banner down. And he gets it. He gets to the point where 
Tom Osborne is, that's all it says. And he rips down the defamatory part and he's waving it around and Nebraska fans are yelling at him saying, what, what? I mean, they're all buying him like he needed more alcohol at that point, but they were buying him more alcohol, but he gets it down and we did not find him until I want to say six o'clock the next morning playing <laughs> pool with a lady of the evening. I think, <laughs> um, but what a great story. And Nebraska ends up winning that game against LSU well, in the Sugar it, Bowl. They were down 10-0 uh, as well yeah. at one point, and, and they outscored they them. dominated the second half yeah. of that game, and yeah. Nebraska beat LSU. And we actually became friends with some of those LSU people who thought it was really cool that this guy – and by the way, they were dumping beer on his head the whole time he's climbing up the pole, but he got it down. He got it done. That's amazing. Um, that's yeah, Nebraska, my LSU story. Nebraska went. They won the game twenty-eight zip. I remember uh, it, that was my senior year. They in won high the school, game twenty-eight zip, or tw- they outscored them twenty-eight zip after okay. uh, early in the second quarter. It was ten-zero, so it's twenty-eight ten final. But that was my senior year in high school, so I I, uh, I remember it quite well. Um, I don't remember that part of the <laughs> no, game. Nobody they, does. That did not get there. broadcast on national television, it, it, it so didn't. I was a little disappointed. Uh, one of the things I want to talk to, and we're going to talk to Brian Munson of Husker Online, a lot about recruiting. You're talking about what a big weekend it is yeah. uh, for Nebraska football. But you've heard the criticism. Yeah, they're getting some wide receivers. They're getting a Devon, Davon Hall, and they're getting Isaiah McMorris, and that's nice. But they're going after a lot of guys that are two stars or three stars or no stars. And they're they're going on these track times or they're going on measurables. And I'm not sure. I mean, do you do you have any fear? What would you tell all these Nebraska fans who are saying, I don't know. I, I don't know necessarily what they're doing. And I'll give you an example. I mean, there's some guys like Braylon Prude. I think his name's Braylon Prude. Yes. Uh, 6'5", 190. He's from uh, Shadow Creek, Texas. He has nobody, he has no offers, outside, Division One offers outside of Nebraska, but he's got measurables. He's one of those guys that looks like maybe you could build him into something, right? Maybe make him 230. He's got measurables. He's long. He's lanky. He's, got, he's pretty athletic. Evan Taylor didn't have a lot of offers. He's the first recruit out of North Carolina for Nebraska football in a long, long time. 6'3", 175. Not a lot of people offering him. Yeah, Donovan Jones, the defensive back from Omaha North. Um, looks like a pretty good athlete, but he didn't have a lot of offers out there. Jake Peters from yeah. Cedar Falls, Iowa. He's a guy that's undersized. However, watch his film. He dominates people until he pancakes them. Right. Just and, over and, and, and I over. like that. And, and, and then uh, Callan Barta, the safety from Topeka. He's another guy. It's all measurables. He's a zero star. He has nobody offering him that's a power five or even Division One, uh, Camden Cook, who is a legacy, he's technically a zero right. star, but a, a kicker and a punter, but they like what he did at a camp. They saw it. And what I want to tell people that don't believe in all of this, I do from the standpoint of one guy specifically, Hassan Reddick. Because Hassan Reddick, any of those names that we just read off and we just said that Nebraska is their only Division One or Power Temple. Five, yeah. And and last time I checked, Hassan Reddick is one of the most destructive defensive players in the yeah. NFL, and he just made another Pro Bowl last year. I, I, I'm I believe he knows what he's doing. I right. I know for a fact everybody on that staff believes in the program that they have to take guys that have measurables 
They know what they need, and they will teach them what they need to know to become great football players and, more importantly, right. great great human beings because that's you hear them talk about that a lot. Hey, we're going to make them great football players, but more yeah. importantly, we got to make them great people. I remember talking to Jack Pearson. Of course, he passed on last year, one, one really close friend of the family, and one of, no, the best recruiter in Nebraska football history. Um, but he told me a story about going to see a guy that they ended up not recruiting in Louisiana, uh, interestingly enough, but they discovered this guy that was undersized. He was six, five, six, six, about 220 pounds. And Jack really liked him. And he said, Tom, we got to get this other guy. I don't like the guy we went to recruit, but I like this guy, Neil Smith. I think he's got something. He was the last guy I believe Nebraska recruited in in the early, it was early eighties, might've been right around 85. Um, and they offer him, they put about 60 pounds on him. And, uh, he was obviously one of the better players in Nebraska football history, went on to a great NFL career as well. Recently passed, uh, right. Uh, Neil Smith. In, no, is he, is he is that might confusing him with something? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but Neil well, his, Smith, his son Ke- Keelan is coming to Nebraska. Yeah, that's right. That's year, right. That's so. right. Neil's Neil, uh, Keelan Smith. That's right. Uh, thinking of somebody else. So, sorry. Uh, but that's one of those stories where it happened all the time in Nebraska football history. I, I don't know that I want it in every class. I, I don't know. Will it be this way all the time? Yeah, you think it will. You, you think it'll be this way every single, all the time? Every single year. They're, but but, they but what, have, what happens they when Nebraska? Talent. What what happens when Nebraska gets in on all the four stars and five stars? that they want they do, start winning these 10 12 t- games a year do the do the four and five stars fit the culture do the four and five stars have the measurables that they think are what they need to to work in their pro I, I mean only time will tell but the way he's building the program right now i have i have faith that it's going to work based on the fact that it's worked in two other places and he's been very successful um and and you know he's yeah. bought in and the, the one thing that him and his staff talked about they joked about could you imagine with the what we have for a program and the way we're doing things here at Baylor right. and when they were at Temple, if we had something, if we had a brand that everyone knew, if we walked in, I don't know, with a scarlet and cream N on our shirt, can you imagine what we would do? That's what that's what those guys have they openly said this. That's what we talked about way back in the day. I believe it was on Busting with right. the Boys. He actually said that. Man, if we had a logo, what could we do with our program? Well, you know what? We're about to find yeah. out. I, I hope they do continue to recruit this way, if, especially if it works. If it doesn't work, then you're going to have to find another way to recruit. Um, but there is a belief out there that, hey, they're going after a bunch of guys that have measurables. They're going after track stars. And how, how do you make guys that aren't necessarily great at football yet? You know, some of these guys aren't yet. Uh, otherwise, they would be more highly recruited. But they have measurables. They're fast. And you always heard that. In fact, I've heard Matt Rule say it a few times. We can teach them to play the sport. Yeah, they've, they've, they're athletic. We'll teach them to play football. Uh, I just hope that's true. And, but I really like the fact that they're trusting their eyes. They're, they're looking. They're having these guys in camp, and they're doing something that Tom Osborne used to do all the time. The pipeline was created in in many cases with guys that are six two, six three, that nobody else was recruiting. Um. Nebraska didn't care that their offensive linemen weren't 6'6", 6'7", 6'8". In fact, very few. Go back and look at them. 
Oh, I mean, Jake, remember Jacob Hickman? Yeah. He he was like five. It he, they had him listed at six foot two eighty-five or whatever. Yeah. He used to come into the gas station that I worked at. I was taller than he was. Like he was right. genuinely like five nine. Yeah. But he just dominated people. And, <laughs> so. and they they went after guys that could run. And it sounds like Nebraska is doing that now. They're they're quick, not necessarily big. It, by the way, there were quite a few busts. I mean, the Nebraska offensive linemen have not what was the last all conference player that they've had? Cam's, you know, Cam obviously was pretty good. Like Cam Jurgens, but um, but that was a local kid that they they was recruited as a tight end. Yeah. In, in some ways, Scott Frost went outside the box on that one. Yeah. And that's your best offensive lineman in recent memory. Nebraska hasn't produced along the offensive line. And maybe this different way of thinking is is the way to go. Well, you know what? I think us talking about that is a great question, and I think we need to ask it to Brian Munson. Uh, we'll ask many questions like that. It's kind of why I started yeah. talking like this. I, I wanted to bring these questions up to Brian. We'll certainly talk about the latest commits. D- Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris are big gets for Nebraska football. Will more be? Will there be more to come? We'll talk to uh, Brian Munson of Husker Online next. <laughs> This is Big Red Esports on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Well, it's not Big Red Esports. It's actually Husker Rewind. But since we don't have any music that we can actually play that have our intros and our rejoins. Someday. Yeah, someday. Someday when we we'll get, get to it. be big. Uh, if we have more guests like this, Brian Munson of Husker Online will we'll be there uh, momentarily. It'll happen very quickly for us. Brian, how are you? How are things? I am doing well. How about you guys? We're good. Uh, we're ready to talk a little recruiting. It's been a big weekend for Nebraska football. Is it going to get bigger? Uh, I think that that's safe to say. Um, you know, well, there's been there's been some good fireworks. I mean, let's not go ahead and overshadow what's happened on Friday, you yeah. know, with Isaiah McMorris and Davon Hall jumping mm-hmm. in. I mean, I don't think – you know, I don't. I definitely know that nobody's quoted me as saying that Nebraska is going to get was going to get both the Bellevue West wide receivers. Um, you know, for maybe the last two months, I, I just didn't feel like it was going to be a possibility. Coach McGuire, he did a fantastic job, kind of pulling things together for Nebraska. At, at the end, they they keep both Thunderbirds home. That's that's terrific. Uh, and then I think you know, from what we can kind of make of the weekend, there's 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 fireworks to come i think that you know they're the the top player in the state was was in lincoln this weekend carter nelson the tight end from ainsworth nebraska and and several other guys that i feel like you know potentially could jump into the class here very shortly uh one of those guys and we're talking about receivers i'm going to throw a name out ernest campbell i i Mm. thought this was a misprint but he just ran a 10 to 200 (laughs) <laughs> like that and he's in high school yeah yeah <laughs> um, but and everything we're uh, hearing is he's a guy that's a, a pretty heavy lean towards nebraska right now yeah i ran a what a sub 22 second 200 meter two i believe yeah um i mean just uh an incredible uh absolutely an incredibly quick uh player uh, one of those uh, look I, I think it's very safe to say that what the Nebraska staff wanted to do, what Matt, what, what rule wanted to do. He really wanted to improve the athletic profile of the, the football, the football team. 
And he has done that. I mean, just with the class, last class alone and the number of guys that were that they were bringing in that were like 10, 4, and faster, those, you know, very are, are very much very possibly some of the fastest guys that are on campus. Now, You, I mean, and that included Bryce Turner. Bryce Turner was a sub-10-3 guy. Now you've got a guy like Campbell, you know, that's, that's pushing low 10-2s. Um, and, and, I, and I think that that's – this is all part of a, a bigger plan. I think that, you know, that Nebraska just felt like, and, and, and coach rule really felt like there was a need to get more athletic. And, and I, I feel like that's, um, that's definitely something that he's done. I, I think, I think if Nebraska gets Campbell, that there's only one player that Campbell could be in fear of, of losing that kind of fastest man title to. And, and it's if Nebraska got Gatlin bear and Gatlin bear ran a sub 10 too you know, in Austin, um, I think he ran like a 10, one seven. So, uh, and you're right. These are high school guys. Uh, and, and there's a reason why when they're coming in for official visits to Lincoln, that they're not just talking to the football team. They're also talking to the track coaches. Brian Munson of Husker online visiting with us. Uh, it does seem like this staff isn't afraid to pull the trigger on any recruit that they deem, that is worthy of uh, a Nebraska scholarship offer. But there are some that I've heard you know, from guys, hey, they're offering a bunch of track guys that don't play a lot of football in some instances. How do you respond to that? Um, well, I mean, if we're talking about the guys that have come out of like summer camps and talking about the people that, you know, that Coach Rule and his staff have had a chance to, to work with one-on-one, you know, during that, you know, kind of tight time frame of, you know, three or four hours or whatever it is, you know, to, to have those chances to, to do camps. I, I think that they do a reasonably good job of understanding number one, who's coming in and knowing who the guys are, you know, maybe that, that, that they're going to have to take a closer look at because they could be a guy that they would want to take a look and offer. Um, and, and I think that when they get a chance then to kind of in-person evaluate, in-person work with, um, and then kind of see them, you know, how competitive they are, how coachable they are, how, how are they as a person? Do they feel like that they're a, a great fit athletically? How well do they test? I mean, some of these guys, you know, like Rex Guthrie was a guy that was in, and, you know, we, we very, we very, uh, we could obviously see, you know, more fireworks, uh, from this weekend with him, you know, for uh, Littleton, Colorado Heritage High School, uh, when he decides or if he decides to, to commit to Nebraska and, and he's a guy that just tested incredibly well. He went all out. I mean, there were, you know, from people that I know that were that were there that day that watched him, there were veins bulging out of his neck and, and you know, getting after it a little bit. And they loved his style. And, and if you watch his film, um, you can see all that. So, I mean, it's very applicable. I mean, it's just a matter of, okay, does that kid – that I'm watching on my hut on that huddle film. Is this the same dude I'm seeing here in practice or what's the disconnect, you know, when, when they go back and have to do some stuff. And only a few times have I heard, you know, like the Nebraska staff had to kind of quickly go away, quickly do an evaluation and then kind of make a, make a, an assessment of whether or not they were going to go ahead and make an offer. Uh, but it feels like they still had a process in place, but there were guys like Quinn Clark, and, and that's going to be a guy I think that we'll be talking about here in a couple of weeks that potentially jumps into the class as well. Um, and, and, I, and I felt like, you know, Nebraska was pretty ready 
to go ahead and, and make an offer likely going into the camp. And while he was there and after he had won his first rep, Matt Rule walked right over to him and said, you got an offer. It was like Oprah Winfrey handing out free vehicles. I mean, that was <laughs> essentially what was happening right there on the field of summer camp at Memorial Stadium. Hey, what, one other name. One of the things that has been missing from the 2024 recruiting class so far is a running back. Now, uh, mm-hmm. Nathan Frazier would be fantastic. Uh, but after this weekend, I've heard some really good things about Quan Lacey. Yes, and you should. Um, I think that this is a guy, I think Quan Lacey is a guy that gets a little bit overlooked. He doesn't didn't have a, a great year last the, the year before. He was, you know, missed a few games. He was beat up when he was out there. But if you watch his film and you, and you see a guy that, you know, Lancaster High School, which is, I mean, living in Dallas. I mean, if you... If you if you're watching Dallas Metroplex football, you're going to talk about Lancaster High School. They have got some dudes. They have dudes every single year. Um, and, and Lacey is a guy that they you know they would put at wide receiver. They would put him out at the at the uh, outside position. They put him in the slot position. They would let him run downhill. They let him run some stretch plays. And it's exactly how Nebraska can kind of visualize seeing him. He has got. He's a tough runner, number one. He's super strong. Um, and when he gets loose, he pulls away from dudes. And this is, you know, 5A football. It's not the largest classification of football in Dallas, but it is the second largest classification in Dallas. And, and, excuse me, it's not the largest classification in Texas, but it is is the second largest in Texas, which is still saying something for the level of, of teams that he is playing against. So um, very tough kid. I'm really, I mean, if you go back and really, if you really are interested and you want to go back and check some stuff out on him, go back to his days as a sophomore when he was at Nolan Catholic, which is a tap school in Fort Worth. Um, Still very good competition. Um, And I think he had like 1500 yards rushing as a sophomore. So this is a very talented dude that just kind of had that off season as a junior got used a little bit differently, but he's a versatile athlete. Um, it's going to be very interesting and very fun to watch him play uh, this senior year. Hey, Brian, to follow up on that, everything that you just said about him reminds me of a guy that played here for a couple of years, a few years back, named Wandale Robinson. I agree. And and I think, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily the right guy because Lacey's, Lacey's a lot larger than Robinson is, but I think that they have some similarities between them. I mean, I think that Lacey runs, you know, he's just got that size to where he can kind of kind of bowling ball some guys. And Wandale had that capability too. While I, I feel like Wandale, you know, might have been misused a little bit by the Nebraska staff and that might have been proven a little bit by Kentucky in, in the numbers that he put up and the and the honors that he got and what he's doing in the NFL, obviously. But similar similar skill set. Uh, I don't think Lacey's quite as elusive. But what he lacks in that elusiveness, he he makes up for big time in size and strength. Yeah. Brian Munson of Husker Online, our guest. I want to talk a little bit about recruiting philosophy. Greg Austin, the previous offensive line coach, seemed to like guys that were a little bigger, little six, 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 seven guys. It doesn't seem to bother Donovan Riola to go after guys that are a little smaller, as long as they have some athletic ability, the Jake Peters, uh, recruitment the landon davidson am i missing yeah. something does it feel like the recruiting philosophy for offensive linemen has changed at nebraska no i don't think you're missing anything at all and i'm not sure if it's if it's a hundred percent 
you know, Coach Rayola or if there isn't also a little bit of Coach Rule there in his ear. I mean, look, I, I think all you have to do is kind of turn your TV on on Sunday, not Saturday, Sunday, and really pay attention to the guys that are playing bookend offensive tackle. Are they are they 6'8"? Are they 6'9"? Teddy Prohaska is, you know, he's an outlier. He's an outlier, and I know that he's been hurt a couple times the last two seasons, and it sucks. But he's a, he's a tremendous player, and he's he's not a waist bender. He's a knee bender. He has great technique. But I think that as you kind of grow grow vertically, you do have a tendency a little bit to want to bend a little bit more at the waist and have that real kind of keep low, drop an anchor, you know keep that leverage out there on the edge. Um, and I think that those are, that's tougher for those taller guys to do. When you stretch past much past six, six, it gets a little bit more difficult. Those guys that are a little squattier, you know, they have a lower center of gravity. Um, they can, they can certainly not, you know, get ghosted. You know, when you get the Von Millers coming across, coming around the edge and, and they're, and they're dropping that shoulder and you're swinging at it a little bit. That's exactly what those guys are setting up for. Those guys are hoping that you're coming at them at that six eight height. So, I, I think that there there is a there is a, a a bit of an interesting you know theory about you know maybe not taking that or go, getting a little shorter you know across the offensive line. Plus, it's not like you know Daniel Kalen you know or or other quarterbacks here before in the past. Maybe maybe Heinrich Harburg wouldn't have a problem, but seeing over the top of those guys isn't easy. And, and and you need to have those passing lanes. You need to be able to spot those open receivers down the field. So I think there's a couple things, theories, that I think people could string together about why to get a little bit shorter. But I think athleticism is certainly a big part of that. And, and Peters has got a lot of it. I mean, just watching him kind of get after it and how far downfield it is, it's kind of like the blind side from watching the guy take and dump a guy into the trash can after he drives him all the way down the football <laughs> field. And, and really, Landon Davidson's the same way, too. I mean, that's a – that's a dude, as he gets his hands inside, you can just forget about it. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch how, how that kind of the evolution of how they're going to kind of keep, you know, profiling that position and what they kind of do. I think Grant Bricks is a little bit of an exception, uh, but I think that that's six, five and a half is maybe about as long as you're going to see those offensive tackles kind of get stretched out. Too. Brian Munson from Husker Online joining us here on Oscar Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Preferred walk-ons have committed as well. James Williams is one. Uh, fullback, Isaac Dickey. Uh, kicker, Nico Adamanelli. And a really, really interesting one that's going to join the 23 class, and that is quarterback Luke Longball. What do you make of that commitment as a preferred walk-on? I'm telling you, I, I think it's in, uh, well, I think number one, I think everybody can kind of point back at this post-grad uh, this post-grad camp is a very highly successful idea by Coach Rule. Um, I, I know, you know, having a son that's kind of working out with the co- working with the coaching staff at UNK, they were they were in attendance for that post-grad um, uh, camp that they had in Lincoln a week or so ago, and it was a big hit. It's something that they're talking about doing now next year as well, and and they want to try to find those guys that are out there, you know, that are that are free agents basically that are kind of hanging out looking for an opportunity. COVID has really impacted things, I think, in ways that we just don't totally understand yet when it comes to recruiting and why guys, some guys get skipped over and some guys never really get that opportunity or, you know, that this guy becomes a free agent a little bit later on because all of a sudden he can get eligible. So it, it gets, it 
it gets really interesting. I think they're in, in that, in this, this time frame, kind of leading into the summer, but I think the fullback camp, Oh, what a, what another tremendous idea. What another way to kind of tug at the heartstrings of, of Husker nation, you know, because I think everybody identifies with, you know, the, the Willie Millers and the Corey Schlesingers and the, and the Maccabicas, uh, and, and they want those kinds of days and the success that kind of came along with it. I think people identify that, that kind of success with that kind of power, you know, running game. And I think as you add USC and UCLA and these, these teams that, that have athletes like, you know, Nebraska really doesn't have necessarily in the state in the quantities that they have, you know, and they have that ability to kind of pull more nationally than what Nebraska does. I think a great way to go ahead and combat that is just run, run straight at them. And, and tire those guys out. So I think if Nebraska is building themselves like that, they uh, really could build themselves for it to have some success. A lot has been made, Brian, about Nebraska's young coaching staff, and in particular, Garrett McGuire. I mean, the, 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 the knock on him was he's too young. You're going to lose wide receiver commits because he's too young. Well, that hasn't happened. In fact, you gained two in Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris. Do you think this continues with with Garrett McGuire that he he proves his recruiting chops? I I, I think I think he does. Um, I that was one of the guys that got mentioned multiple times. Obviously, this weekend with me, you know, talking to Quinn Clark, he really couldn't remember McGuire too much from camp, but he did really connect with coach and, you know, talking to Malachi Coleman about coach, you know, over the weekend, because Malachi really helped out with, with showing Clark around. Um, Malachi really, really likes coach McGuire. It's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting to watch and been, you know, obviously people were a little bit concerned, you know, the references to Doogie Hauser and whatever else you want to kind of put out in front of it. <laughs> this is, this is a guy that, that has chops. He's got those football chops. He just, sometimes a, a guy like Matt Rule has to come along and just give a guy like that an opportunity and just let him fly. And I think that that's what we're seeing, you know, and I think it's, I think it's wonderful because I think it's not only the recruits that are responding well, but you know, obviously you've heard stories about, you know, how the players, you know, mainly end up in his office. You know, he's a very relatable guy. He's just, a, you know, he's just a few years removed from being in their shoes. So I think it's I think it's one of those missing dynamics that you know that, we, that Nebraska fans and Nebraska hasn't had in, in quite a while to have like one of those younger staff members around, and now they got it, and I think it's gonna be very fun to kind of watch him develop. Well, it'll be fun to see how the rest of the summer plays out. I'm guessing this won't be the last time we'll have you on this summer. I don't think <laughs> the, this staff is anywhere close to done. No, I think if you actually, if we met up again in two more weeks, we might have four more commitments, even in the dead period to talk about. So right. I think people, people just need to kind of go ahead and just stay tuned because I think there's still a lot of stuff that's going to happen out of these uh, last three or four weeks in June. I think we just booked Brian for two weeks from now. I think so. Uh, there we go. I'm in. <laughs> Brian Monson, Husker Online. Brian, thanks for the time. You're the best. Have a great evening, guys. There you Let's go. Brian Monson, Husker Online of the On3 Network. Good stuff. Oh, good weekend. Yeah. And I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's done. Uh, what do you think about the whole Garrett McGuire thing? Because there was that knock on him that it, that you're going to lose wide receiver commits. And I think there was a couple. Yeah, there, there, was were, one, there were a few that said, I don't know about this young guy. Yeah, no, there was a top flight guy that uh, uh, I think it was a five star. I can't remember his name off yeah. the top of my head. But yeah, he was like, yeah, you know, that coach they got. I just, yeah, you know, no. I, 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 I don't know. And he does talk that's, that's young, great. 
But I kind of want my coaches to be able to relate to 18, 19, 20 year olds. But at the same time, not everybody's going to love every coach. I mean, you're going to have other guys that have the exact same feeling, just the polar opposite way. They're like, oh, my gosh, he's not an old guy yelling at me the way, you know, I've always been taught from my high school days with, you know, whatever it's Um, to each their own. And, you know, if guys don't like the way he recruits them or coaches them or whatever, then, you know, go play somewhere else. And I hope you have a lot of success, but the guys that come to Nebraska, everything we're hearing, uh, it's nothing but positive out of, of Garrett McGuire. Uh, by the way, we haven't mentioned the college world series for a bit. (laughs) It's still going. (laughs) No, it's over. Is it, is it officially over? It's officially over 24 to four is the final goodness all kinds of that has to be the the highest scoring game in college world series history i mean maybe for a single team but i know it's not the most runs scored because there's been championship games that were like for a single two to 20 yeah that's what i meant for a single team it it might be i'll look it up we'll look it up uh during the break but But, uh you know what we can jump out of the stream onto the bank and go back on the radio too Hey, let's do that. <laughs> uh, let's take a break and then go back on the air. Yeah. The, the regular air. The regular air. Because we'll I think it's free now. Uh, it's it's available to us. Yeah. He's Mike Melby. I'm Tom Stevens. It's Husker Rewind. We do it every Sunday from 5 to 7, and you'll hear us live after this break.